0: Keyshawn J Will and Zubin, the podcast. Good
1: morning. All right, game one out of the way. Three wins away for Chris Paul to win his first ring. How we doing, everybody? Keyshawn J Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Monica McNutt here with you. J Will's going to join us a bit later on in the show. And Monica, I don't know. I'm just again, I'm hungry. We start to I, I can't help it because what happens is we're talking about breakfast. Yes. We start getting into sausage, egg, and cheese sandwiches, and sausage whether it's on a roll, bacon, yeah, roll bagels, you bagel. go sausage, you go, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like I and and we were talking also about what pairs best with it, and I'm thinking of like you know like raspberry iced tea. I,
2: so I the not orange a,
1: juice thing that's old school. You, it's it's too 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 much acid, uh, too acidic. Let me get
2: comfortable here. You know? Uh
1: but I'm, I'm a big am... breakfast person. I don't get to have breakfast here. And Key is sending us. Key will be back later in the week. Key is sending us pictures of him making avocado toast, which looked, by the way, amazing.
2: First of all, like, hard eye roll to your co-host captain sending pictures. <laughs> I was like, bring breakfast when you come back by. I don't want to talk to you. Right. Um,
1: he said, we can't have this on set. Right. No, yes, we can, Don't Key. bring yes, it. Yes, we can. Like,
2: don't tease us. Um Also, breakfast for me, so I'm not a big juice girl unless it's like legit fresh pressed juice. Okay. Um, but breakfast for me is usually like uh, omelet, avocado toast, omelet, spinach, mushrooms, onions. That sounds
1: good. Avocado toast. Yeah.
2: Uh, the one deli near us, you can get a fresh, pressed juice. It's called the Hangover Helper. Uh, apple, beet, <laughs> ginger, and orange. And there might be something else. Ginger
1: always seems to be in everything delicious.
2: that. I'm obsessed with ginger. Yeah. I said to my friend that so the other day, can I name my future kid ginger? She was like, no. Le- le- name the dog ginger. Don't name a kid ginger. Why okay. wouldn't you? Like, why? why? I don't ginger know, was one saying.
1: of the most popular characters in the history of well, there sitcoms. You go. There you go. So why wouldn't you go? Bring it back. It's a classic name. I
2: think Ginger's an adorable name. It, listen, there's no naming of children right now in my life, so let's move on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. <laughs> we shall move on. Uh, if you could put a name on game one, what would you put on it?
2: Stinker. Really? Yeah. You weren't thrilled by this? I, I, I love this Phoenix Sun squad, and, and I picked them to win the series, but it wasn't um, as compelling a game that
1: I was hoping You're for. right. 118-105 didn't feel like and again, it's 13. Was there a point at all in that game that you were like, "Oh, the Bucks are, you know, the Bucks are going to make a push here or the Bucks have got this" or it felt like the Suns felt like they were in control from from the get. I mean, it just seemed like there was nothing the Bucks could do defensively. We're going to do our our overreactions to game ones coming love up it. in a little bit because we love doing that after game. It's just like week 1 of the NFL, we go mm-hmm. nuts. We also do game one as well. But it's just like it felt like the Suns were always in control here. They felt like the the more prepared team. And Chris Paul – was fantastic in his NBA pl- finals debut.
2: Uh, almost everybody was fantastic in their NBA finals debut. Everybody wearing orange or purple, that is, on that Kevin side. Devin Booker the ball. couldn't
1: make a three, but other than that, he was. Yeah, you years. know,
2: I get that he couldn't make a three, but he, what is it? 10 for 10 from the free throw line? <laughs> Which, uh, yeah. I mean, that's legit, and it's easy points there. Listen, I had the privilege of joining the pre halftime and post game coverage last night with Kevin Winter, PJ Carlismo, um, and then, of course, Kessler, Mark Kessler, Doris Burke, and John Barry were on mm-hmm. the call. So listening to those guys up close as we prepared to, you know, get in and out on the radio call, uh, Barry's like, what are they doing on the screen? Like they, they nobody can defend Chris Paul over the course of the game, which we all could see. And so for that – it felt like it was never going to be a contest. Winter and I were like, "This is a wrap." And of course, Coach Carlissimo, with all of his experience, is like, "I don't know. The Bucks just scored 11 straight. They're going to make a run, and they did." But when you get to nine, and Cam Johnson makes this tremendous defensive stance that's on the, your MVP, right? Well, there goes that.
1: Yeah, that, and that's the problem too. When you when you're down by so much, like to make it's it's so hard to make that kind of a comeback. You can score, you know, 11 in a row, mm-hmm. and it only puts a dent. And all it takes is that one big shot to st- stop the momentum. As you mentioned, though, you know, look. And we've we've kind of felt this about. Remember the Bucks against the Nets, you know, and, and, and Mike Budenholzer. It's like, you know, you've got to make adjustments. You've got to make adjustments. Point the, this, the, the, the switching on screens is something that it's become a thing in the NBA. One through five, we can switch. A lot of teams feel that way. We mm-hmm. feel confident no matter who it is. They can guard. But when you go big, when you have Bobby Portis out there or Brooke Lopez out there, you can't do that. And other teams see that, and they're going to put you up – and try to get that matchup they want. That's how you run things. That's why Monty Williams had such a great game plan. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, of course. He was on SportsCenter last night. And he talked about how the Suns looked like the more prepared team. There
0: was two completely different levels of sharpness in this game. I'm sorry. Phoenix was just so much more prepared. So much more confident. So much more sure of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. What they were trying to accomplish. They basically had... Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton be the absolute best versions of themselves, and Devin Booker does what he does. He got to his number. He didn't shoot the ball great, but to have your three best players you know, play that well, and you look at Milwaukee, Giannis clearly wasn't himself. Chris Middleton was pretty good overall most of the night, and Drew Holiday wasn't very good offensively. Lost his aggressiveness once again. So, for me, no comparison in the two teams tonight. That did not feel like, you know, at one point it was nine with six minutes to go. That felt like a 25-point game to me. Phoenix was that much sharper than the Milwaukee Bucks tonight.
1: It's a great point that he made about the switching. It's a great point he also made about which team was sharper than the other and then the addition of Giannis, which we'll get to, that's a, that's a huge story in this whole thing, is Giannis playing and also how he said he felt after playing a week, uh, a week after an injury that a lot of us you know, held our breath wondering, when are we going to see him again? We didn't think it would be this soon, but he was back. But you mentioned the Suns. He mentions the Suns. Let's talk about it. Devin Booker did not shoot well from three. You said 10 for 10 from the line. And he finished still with 27 points. DeAndre Ayton, you heard Legs mentioned. Aiden goes for 22 and 19 rebounds, by the way, which is obviously a huge part of the game. You want to get stops, you got to get the rebounds. And Chris Paul. (laughs) Chris Paul went for 32 points and nine assists four or seven from downtown. And man, it looked like he went back in time a couple of times, right? When he was getting the matchups, he wanted a ton of ISO, a ton of ISO scoring tons of of it in this game for the Suns. They got the matchups they wanted. And Chris Paul was the engine of this team. And eventually he's going to be the facilitator. Once they start figuring out, you got to get the ball out of his hands. But in this first game, what a debut in the NBA Finals for him. Chris Paul dropping 32 points last night in game one for the Suns and their win over the Bucks. overnight delivery brought to you by USPS. Business is changing, and USPS is changing with it. Find out how at USPS.com slash new roots. The United States Postal Service, priority you. So, again, we'll do the overreaction thing.
2: Can't We've, wait. But from
1: the Sun pers- from the Suns' perspective, though, this is, the, this is exactly how you wanted this to go. This is exactly how you wanted this to go because you set the tone already that Chris Paul's the engine. Devin Booker actually can play better, believe it or not, even mm-hmm. after 20. He can mm-hmm. play better. Mm-hmm. And then DeAndre Ayton, who is a, still a very young player, established himself against a big front line, against you know, Giannis being in the game, so you got a lot of length with the Bucks. 19 rebounds. That means he was a beast. 17 defensive rebounds for him. So it's not like he was getting tips that get you those extra cheap right? They give you cheap offensive rebounds when you just tip it. No, he was getting defensive rebounds to stop to get the stops you needed. And what a difference maker he is. So for the Suns, they win game 1 in every series. They did it again and they set a tone already now for the finals.
2: Well, it wasn't a big deal last night, but you do wonder in terms of depth and it probably doesn't it probably will not be a Large deal, I remember when I used to substitute teacher, it was a small deal or a little deal. It's a small deal. Um, Dario Sarge, the injury, um, just in terms of the depth and if he, if DeAndre Aiden should get into foul trouble. So, of course, you hope that he's able to get back out on the floor for the squad. But as much as we talk about the headliners, you know, campaign, big time three and then an idiot three, but that's okay. <laughs> they, <laughs> the mistake response was there from this Phoenix Suns squad. But you got good minutes from him. You got great minutes from Cam Johnson. Right. So, to me, just as – As important as, obviously, CP3 and Book are, the depth of this Phoenix Sun Squad is, for me, one of the reasons in which I... Um, favored them to win the series because they play with such tremendous continuity and confidence. And we talked about it a ton yesterday in the pregame. And then you hear the sound from Book and CP3 about the accountability, about how they you know, were getting after it, and this dates back to last year's bubble. And if you start the clock from then to now, they have one of the best records overall in the league. So this is, this is a unit that has continued to be called up, if I may use Monty Williams' um, phrase, for this moment, and yesterday they looked like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's incredible. Again, you know, throw all the asterisks out, whatever you want to say. You get to this point now, it's going to be about winning and winning the chip, getting that trophy, and the Suns still look like that team that can do it. Now, we thought without Giannis, maybe the Bucks wouldn't be the same team, and that's why the Suns can win the series, but Giannis played, and it didn't seem like to make a difference, or did it? That's something that Monica wants to talk about coming up. DeAndre Ayton, again, 22 points, 19 rebounds while shooting, 80% from the field.
2: I told you I put some respect I mean, on this man's name.
1: Around the basket, he does not miss, and that's huge. And that's also Stats Incredible, brought to you by My Computer Career. Training for a better life. So let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> the overreactions from game one. Because yeah, let's go. you watch the game, you're like, ah, this is how I feel about this. Let's go. Right away, that's how we feel. So we'll discuss that overreactions and yours as well 888 say ESPN so that we will give you after I give you this from straight talk so it's time for some straight talk we've all been there you have some real work to do but the free wi-fi where you're working isn't going to cut it it's like leaving the winning runner stranded on third base that ain't good well, now you can be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's ultimate unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Compatible device required. See straighttalk.com.
0: There was two completely different levels of sharpness in this game. I'm sorry, Phoenix was just so much more prepared, so much more confident. Absolutely clueless the Milwaukee Bucks being prepared for this game. Phoenix was that much sharper than the Milwaukee Bucks. This is Keyshawn, J. Willenzubin. Zubin. A million on the watch, three bears on the sweater, just a letter. Watch, wow. fires up a three. It's good. And the foul. Oh, Chris Paul has taken control of game one. You could send it big coins out of dribble, stock. Paul on the drive. Count it one. Chris Paul's first finals game has been a brilliant performance.
1: And it was Chris Paul, 32 points, nine assists, 118-105, winning for the Suns. Monica, you're giving up 118 points at NBA Finals game. I understand that offense is a lot, uh, I guess, a lot more the forefront now than ever before Absolutely. in the NBA. But as I said before the series started, if you're Milwaukee, you can't give up 115 points a game and think you're going to win. Like, you know, if Giannis is even compromised a little bit, which he says he's not. He said he felt fine, but we'll play that in a second. But if 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 he's not himself, defense is going to be have to how you win this thing. And 118, I'm not gonna. I'm not. You know that's not that's not good. get it done. No, no. give have 30 points in the first quarter. But as we like to do, (laughs) let's overreact.
2: Overreact, shall we?
1: But before we overreact, (laughs) let's acknowledge with straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, that Giannis did play. And we weren't sure if he was going. He went from doubtful, uh-huh. right? For, you know, to, to questionable, mm-hmm. and then he was in Game the lineup after trying yep. mm-hmm. trying it out in pregame. He played 35 minutes, 20 points, 17 rebounds, four assists, seven for 12 from the free throw line. I laugh because hey, that's a story with one,
2: him. two, three.
1: And everybody gets to, like, 13 by the time he shoots it. It should be a violation every time. Are we counting too fast? But
2: do you notice some of the fans, like, there's part of the fan base that tries to count, like, the official and slow, and then the rest of the fan base is like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. (laughs) They speed
1: it up. But it's like the official, usually, like, they count with with the hand. But the the officials aren't. They're they're actually pumped. Mm -hmm. like they'll clinch their fist, Mm -hmm. do their count that
2: way. So it's visual, but they don't want to make it obvious.
1: Imagine officials just go like Joey Crawford would be like, like (laughs)
2: "Why?" So funny. My dad's official, an official. When this first became a thing, he's like in the house. Like you're not supposed. You don't start as soon as he catches the ball. You give him a beat. Like my, I was like, "Dad, you do your official thing." It's it's still right there on your official thing. Yeah, I know the fans are fast, but in legit time, it's a little slow.
1: But Giannis did play, like I mentioned, he did play, which for him. As you hear him talk about right now, was a bit of a surprise. My knee felt good. Uh, Obviously, when you go and play a game, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I play the Jay Crowder might happen, or uh, the same play that happened. Nothing like like you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm just happy that I'm out there, you know, and I'm able to, you know, help my teammate in any way possible. I feel good. I don't feel pain. You know, I can run. I can jump. Uh, I can set screens, you know, I can uh, rebound the ball, I can do stuff. So I'm good, I'm happy, I'm happy that I'm out there. Uh, And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I haven't watched the clip, but when the play happened, I thought I'm going to be out for a year, you know. So I'm just happy that two two games later, I'm back. He thought he'd be out for a year. Scary. We all probably did, right?
2: That injury looked nasty.
1: And he didn't watch the replay, but we all saw it maybe way too many times. Like, I'm that guy because I've been through ACLs a couple of times. Like, the minute you see it the first time, I'm like, nope, don't need to see it. I know what that is. I can Why feel it. Why are
2: we so obsessed with replays on injuries?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. If you, what was the worst injury you ever had? Personally? Yeah.
2: I broke my nose my freshman year. Caught an elbow. Ouch. And I just remember being on the ground like, I'm fine. My team like, no, you're not. There's blood everywhere. Why is Go your nose training, pointing that right? way? Yeah. It's like, I'm fine. I just got hit in the nose, right? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no. It, it's, it's There's something about when you've had a devastating injury. Mm-hmm. And like the first time I injured my knee, I didn't know how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Like I know it hurt, but I was so used to just, I'm fine. I get up. I'm fine. I walk it off. The second time it happened, I knew. Yeah. And for some reason, it hurt more. And from that moment on, when someone had a knee injury in any sport, like I felt it, and oh. I don't know if anybody else out there understands Tempety what I'm talking veins. about. If you have ever had a de- like a devastating knee injury or whatever it is, or any type of injury, shoulder, no matter what it is, when you see it somehow, some way, you feel it again. Yeah. And I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't want so to watch the replay. Nothing.
2: The, my broken nose was the most gruesome, but I did play with a partially – I played with and probably still have a partially torn labrum. doesn't matter much now because I don't have to do All that. Right. But I feel you. Anytime a guy's like – at one point in that game, Giannis was kind of doing this with his shoulder, and I was like, uh-oh, is that a stinger? What's going on? Oh,
1: God, yeah. Well, that was straight talk, brother. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. So you heard from Giannis, now hear from us on our irrational – as always, takes, reactions, predictions after just one game. Inspired what do you by got? these
2: Twitter streets. What do you got for Completely inspired by these Twitter streets where people are bugging. <clears throat> if you walk into this segment at the wrong point, you're just going to be lost. I'm not this crazy. Overreaction. Yes. You ready? The Bucks are better without Giannis on the floor because Drew Holiday can be aggressive. And he makes everyone better. <laughs>
1: How dare you?
2: Boom. So, ah.
1: the, so Monica says the Bucks are better off without Giannis. Just for the record, Woo. that's what she said. Now, Drew Holiday, though, after having two fantastic games to close out, you the can't have them both. On the they need the ball. Four of fourteen, zero of four. Ten, now he almost had a triple double. He had ten points, which is not great, but seven rebounds, nine assists. But you're right. He he suddenly went back to like sort of forgotten man again. Table in this. setter. Now, can I just? Throw, dump a little water on, though, on your theory.
2: Listen, dude, overreact. Game one, on
1: it. court, Giannis, the Bucks are plus one in game one. When he was off the court, minus 14.
2: Hey, ah! you want to fall in love with stats? <laughs> That's a great, great sound. Don't fall in love with that box score and those stats and those numbers. I'm what the numbers guy, though. You?
1: I give you useless stats. You know me. Right,
2: you do love your useless stats. Yeah. I don't think they're useless. Shout out, not shout out to Wally. Be nice, Wally. Yeah, um, Wally's I back. don't think they're useless. But they lost. I will say that. And so, therefore, my overreaction. Gotcha. Nailed it. Okay.
1: Giannis. Boom. So, from now on, Bucks, Milwaukee, <laughs> tell Giannis, sit this one out. We're going to take it from here. We got here. it. We They're got better it. off without
2: you. Mm-hmm. That's it.
1: Meanwhile, what? I'll give you my. <laughs> I
2: was going to say, don't leave me on this overreaction <laughs> island. No,
1: please. Uh, uh, please. I watched it like, watching that game last night, I kept saying to myself, this series is over. Mm-hmm. Series is over. Mm-hmm. And I said it yesterday. This series could – it could – now, I thought without Giannis, it could be a sweep. I really believe that because the Suns just are this team. They are brimming with confidence. Mm-hmm. They've got a leader that they all believe in, that they all rally around. I don't know if the Bucks have that kind of inspiration where it's like they rally around somebody. Giannis returns and everybody's like, like – like Drew's like, oh, great. guess we're not running anymore. <laughs> right, I guess the middle's not going to be open scoring. for my drives right. anymore. So it's it sort of like that wasn't that inspiration. That, there was no, here comes Willis. Like there was none yeah, of that yeah, happening yeah, in yeah. this, right? Uh-huh. But the Suns have that in Chris Paul. They have that. And you see the way they play. You see the way Monty Williams had that team prepared. Do we trust Mike Budenholzer? What really has saved the Bucks in the playoffs? Injuries. The Bucks are here because they were able to, they, their opponents, again, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Mm -hmm. they lose those two guys. Kevin Durant almost eliminated you guys. If it wasn't for his toe touching the line, you wouldn't even be here. Mm -hmm. So adjustments, really? Like that's what we're going to talk about. What adjustments were they making against the Hawks? Here's the adjustment. Trey Young got hurt. That's the adjustment. So to me, I don't have that kind of faith in the coaching of the Milwaukee Bucks. Therefore, my hot take after one game, series is over.
2: (coughs) We are on... Fire!
1: <laughs> Am I crazy though? Like that's no, I'm not. Of course, I'm crazy. You can definitely say that. But <laughs> that's how, that's I how I felt t- after. I mean, one are you? Day. I was <laughs> saying
2: I don't know if your take is that hot. Like, and the high will meter- be. I
1: don't think it'll be a, a sweep. Maybe, maybe not. But I mean, how? What are they? Are they gonna keep switching. We're going to keep doing that. That's going to work you're gonna keep Bobby poor Bobby Porter's oh, like he's Bobby just looking Portin. down the barrel of, of a Chris Paul who's backing
2: Chris Paul's backing hey. up like oh and Bobby's like Licking in a his stance chops. like the only thing missing in terms of Bobby's effort Slapped yesterday was slapping the floor <laughs> literally like he's trying poor little tink poor little tink tink oh my Aww. god
1: yeah that's that's one of those where even his teammates are going throw the damn towel
0: like just foul him just foul Bro. him
1: yeah so that's how I feel that's how you feel <laughs> How do you feel? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 say ESPN, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. So one Olympic hopeful won't be running at all this year in Tokyo. We'll tell you why after Monica has this from Rumble On.
2: Do you have a motorcycle, an ATV, or even a truck that's sitting in your garage that you've been waiting to sell? With RumbleOn.com, you can easily turn your unused vehicle into cash, baby, in minutes. RumbleOn.com will give you a cash offer for your vehicle, and they'll pick it up for free anytime, anywhere. They can even finance your next Harley, Polaris, Can-Am, or Yamaha, and even more if you are just looking to upgrade. See what RumbleOn can do for you by visiting RumbleOn.com. Fast bikes, faster cash.
0: The rule is still the rule, right? Like, even if it's stupid. The rules, you know, gave us no choice whatsoever. We were heartbroken by it. You know, these are just rules to make your dreams
2: come true that we have to abide to. This is Keyshawn J.
4: Will and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Monica McNutt in. J. Will going to join us a bit later on in the show. And, you know, Monica, it's a topic we talked about yesterday. And then after the show, the news came that you were waiting to hear. Mm -hmm. Not exactly the news you wanted to hear, but you Mm -hmm. certainly were waiting to hear it. And that is... Shakari Richardson, who, as I just mentioned in the Sports Center, um, did test positive for marijuana and therefore was disqualified for making the team uh, for the 100 meter in the Olympics. But because of the suspension of 30 days, she actually would have been available. Her suspension would have been up by then to run in the 4x100, but they did not choose her to make the team. And there was no, like, they didn't do, they just put out a statement, the USA uh, track. Federation put out a statement saying it was, quote, incredibly sympathetic towards Shikari Richardson's extenuating circumstances and then said it fully agrees. This is key right here. Fully agrees that international rules regarding marijuana should be reevaluated. And it added, so while our heartfelt understanding lies with Shikari, we must also maintain fairness for all of the athletes who attempted to realize their dreams by securing a place on the U.S. Olympic track and field team. So with that in mind, the relay spots, because of the you know again the order, the sixth and seventh place finishers ended up moving up and therefore getting spots. English Gardner and Aaliyah Hobbs. So that's where we're at. So Shakari will not go to the Olympics at all. And I know you feel a certain way about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What everybody's continuing to say, and I, as I mentioned yesterday, I thought she handled it perfectly. Agreed. Um, by, by you know, showing the contrition that you would expect you'd want to show, no excuses, no nothing, did explain what she went through and the emotions of learning that her biological mother had passed. She learned it from a reporter who was setting up to interview her, which caught her off guard and then dealt with it in a way that she realized was not the right way to deal with it, mm-hmm. but it, it cost her now a spot at the Olympics. She vows to be back mm-hmm. at the Worlds and then once again at the next Olympics, but she will not be in Tokyo for the U.S., your thoughts.
2: Um, so yesterday, as we talked about this, what did you remember what you said when I was like, well, she's the fastest is a no brainer, right? Like, to yeah. be on the Olympic team, right? Um, I was not as confident. And here we are. Let me say this. She handled the response to the initial test perfectly, mm-hmm. incredibly graceful accountability. She said that she was hopeful that if she had this opportunity, she would be given an opportunity. She would be able to take advantage of it. We now know that she will not. Um, Yes, rules are rules. I appreciate the fact that the committee acknowledges that the IOC standards when it comes to marijuana need to be reviewed. Um, I cannot help but wonder if this plays out differently, if she's different. And I know I'm going to be accused of race-baiting and the whole bit, but I, I just cannot help but wonder. And I do also understand the rules. Now, I've talked, talked with folks in my circle last night preparing for the show. Um, there's the argument that, well, she blew it, and can you trust her not to blow it again between now and then in the relay? Right? And that's part of this conversation, too. But to me, if you believe that this incident was isolated because of the response to very unfortunate circumstances – then she's the fastest out there. Now, I'd have to call up my track friends and say, you know, her availability to practice and the handoff, because we've seen the women's 4 by one relay Mm -hmm. team have some issues. I just wanted this to be the opportunity for her to be given some grace, and that was not the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is that part of me that, again, I always look at it from the business perspective, Mm -hmm. right? So the business perspective is you're going to have your reasoning, and a lot of the times you can't make your true reason public. Right. So you have to come up with you know, a statement, as we always tend mm-hmm. to do, and we just try to keep it as as simple and clean as possible so no one's upset and, uh, and we don't say anything that might offend somebody. But I think the reality is what you said. The reality probably is even uh, – like she was suspended. She would come off the suspension. Oh, yeah, we'd love to have her on the four-by. We'd love to have her. Mm-hmm. But, but we can't guarantee that she will be – her system will be clear. What if – She tests positive again. Yeah. And now we're down a runner. We can't take that risk. We can't do that to the rest of the team. So it's easier for us, easier. Mm -hmm. May not be the right thing, but easier for us to say, we can't guarantee she'll be available, so let's do this. But I will also say, on another side of things, in professional sports, a lot of times, a superstar, the team will go to bat for them. A lot of times. That part. A team will say, part, "This isn't right. We know her. We've known her for years. This part. is not who she is, and we are going to defend her. We're going to we're going to make a case for it. We're going to appeal this, whatever it is, because she should be there with us in Tokyo. That's how important she is to us. They did not do that.
2: That part, Han. And so, that, to me, that's the grace of but this why? conversation."
1: They will never tell us why
2: we will never know why I am only left to deduce why as I look at some of the other stories surrounding uh, the Olympics, particularly involving black women. When you look at the runners out of Africa who were deemed to have too much testosterone or in their system and ineligible to run. When you look at the issue with the swing cap, swim caps that are designed for women with natural hair, black natural hair um, being ruled out. This is a culmination of events. That feel to me personally, as a black woman, as an attack on our womanhood. Now, granted, Shakari broke—Shakari, excuse me—broke the rule. I, that does not change. But when it comes to, as you said, going to bat or finding an abundance of grace, that is not given in this situation, and that just makes me a little bit sad. Now, Gabby Thomas, a terrific sprinter, pointed out on Twitter last night that she's, you know. It bothers her to see this idea, particularly on Twitter, that black folks are not going to support the Olympics. I had some friends joking, oh, what country am I going to root for? Because I'm not rooting for the U.S. because Shakari won't be there. Gabby Thomas and the rest of the runners and athletes that are going to be competing have worked very hard to get to this moment. I'm going to tune in. But when I reflect on the things leading up to Tokyo, this, unfortunately, will be a part of the narrative. And to me, some of the decisions and the rules, it has to do with what is unknown as opposed you, me, to getting educated.
1: Let me ask you this, Monica. Then what would, you have, what would you have done if you were in charge? How would you have handled this? What would you have liked to have seen when, let's say, you were in charge of, of the team. Correct. And it came onto your desk. She tested positive for what is in the IOC. Now, this is the Olympics. Mm-hmm. This is international. Yep. This is a banned substance. This is not a U.S. decision. This is an international. You, are, you agree to play by the rules of the International Olympic Committee, and this is the rule this should not be in your system it's in her system how would you handle it
2: where else can i get her in because she represents right, well, the u s that's, that's the part this the suspension would have she's been talented, up right. and she would
1: have been able to, to, to race in the 4by would you you so you would you would have a race her and, and you would tell the rest team. of the team we side with her we trust her i would put i would put her on my
2: 4by team and i would live with the consequences i i do not buy that she's going to have this issue again personally I just don't see it. I would put her on the four-by team, and the answer to me would be, look at these times. Look at these scores. We want to put ourselves in the best position to win. Now, if she has a history of fumbling handoffs or something, I don't know that. Assuming that she is capable to run the four-by and is well-skilled in this event as well, I'm putting her on my team, Han. I'm sorry. I mean, the fastest
1: should be in the anchor, right? Shouldn't the fastest be the anchor?
2: Sports. Times. Sports. Can't debate that. Like, I'm putting her on my four-by-team. I'm, that's where I am, and I get it. Then the question becomes, well, are you going to make exceptions consistently down the road? I, no, that would not be it. But in this particular case, and I don't know how often this comes up when we get ready to prepare for the Olympics, in this particular case, I would have put her on my four-by-team, and I'm not apologizing for yeah,
1: that. Yeah, and just to explain to everybody, too, because I know there there has been, especially in a lot of states in this country, a, a lot more leniency when it comes to marijuana, a much different um, a different feel about it. Uh, this is one thing that, that the uh, – Anti, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency uh, believes that there are some drugs, though they might not be performance enhancers, but they can pose health risks uh, or violate what they call, quote, the spirit of the sport. And so that's why uh, this still remains an issue. But just quickly, Shikari did say, you remember in her uh, interview with the Today Show, that she said that this is just one games. I'm 21. I'm very young. I have plenty of games left in me to compete in. And I have plenty of talent that backs me up because everything I do comes from me naturally. No steroid, no anything. This incident was about marijuana. So after my sanction is up, I'll be back and be able to compete. And every single time I step on the track, I'll be ready for whatever anti-doping agency to come. And what, and get what it is they need, meaning that she knows now she's going to be somebody that they keep an eye on and are going to want to test.
2: I am one, personally, who has learned the most from my biggest fumbles, blunders in life. And so if this is that for her, then she still has a very bright future ahead of her in the sport.
1: Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows from here on out every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to get through the playoffs. It takes everything to capture a title. Goodyear. More Driven. So we have also international competition going on right now on ESPN the Euro Cup.
2: Goal football. Oh, I'm trying to get. Gonna, to I, you, you, I was you, trying to go there. Are you are going
1: to try to go goal here. Goal. Goal. Let's let Taylor Twelman handle this kind of thing because <laughs> oh, yeah. this is his expertise. He joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, ESPN Soccer Analyst. Good morning, Taylor. How are you?
3: Good morning, Alan. Uh, one, one is debatable whether or not this is my expertise in Monaco. It's too early for goal, by the way. Is it way too early? early?
2: 12 and I am so disappointed. Everything I know about you, have watched you, all of our <laughs> colleagues we have in common, you bring the energy. Too early for goal? Come on now.
3: Uh, no, it's never too early. I just feel like those at, you know, 645 in the morning on the East Coast may be like, yo, Monica, tone it down.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> the point of a morning yeah, show, guy. Wake them up. Actually, yeah, Monica
1: and tone it down. <laughs> she's mix. generally at a 12. And the dial only is supposed Which to go is to Which is why 10. Monica
3: and I get along, Alex. There it is. There it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> good.
1: So uh, before we get into what we're seeing right now and, and, and penalty kicks and Italy moving on and, of course, today's match, just your thoughts, because again, an international play. No matter what the sport, uh, there are there are tests, there are rules, and there are things that happen where players are not available. And the Shakari uh, Richardson situation is one that does resonate not just in track, but I think in, in all sports. Do you have any any thoughts on that? In her that, that she was left off the Olympic team,
3: Alan. I just and Monica as well. I feel like uh, all of us are in that same. I think group of people where you sit there and you feel for Shakari. She's trained her absolute butt off to get to this point. Uh, she's worked her butt off. She's literally, you know, the top three contenders uh, coming into the Olympics to win the, win the gold. And you sit there and say, Oh, your, your heart goes out to her and understanding that pain killing medicine. And, and even in my days, and I'm not that old, painkillers were given out freely in the locker rooms. And now that we, have seen science evolve and see that there are other avenues. You understand and you, you know, empathize with Shakari, understanding why she's taking her pain away and what she wants to do and do it in a natural way. In saying that, all of us that have competed at the highest level, rules are rules. As ludicrous as this rule may be, it's still a rule, and so that's where I'm just really torn. I feel awful for her. I feel awful for all of us on the outside that don't get to see her race and compete at the highest level. But unfortunately, Alan, a rule is a rule. And until the rule changes, you can't be the one to enforce a different one. And I think that's the most difficult part to all of this for me.
1: And I found it very interesting, too, that they acknowledged, like, hey, this is something we probably need to look into and may need to discuss going forward. But as you mentioned, Taylor, really, rules rule is a rule. And again, your experience playing for the U.S. national team, playing in the World Cup, uh, which is why uh, we go there first. But when we talk about rules, I got to ask you. Now, I'm a big hockey fan. So the shootout yep. came to hockey to decide ties, and that's in the regular season. But in the playoffs, they just play until someone scores, and sometimes it can go deep into the night. I-, I mean, Spain outplays Italy and yet loses in penalty mm-hmm. kicks. And it's just one of those things that I know will come up from here, you know, time and again, where it's like you can outplay an opponent and still lose on. Essentially, I kicked the field goal and won. Like, do, you, do you feel that way yeah. as somebody that lived the sport, that, that lives and dies it, that understands it, that it's like this, It comes down like a trip to the final comes down to this?
3: Yeah, it, it's brutal, Alan. Now, from the American point of view, and, and obviously born and raised in, in the United States, I understand that perspective and knowing that, well, wait a minute, I'm going to tell you there was not going to be a goal scored if they played another 180 minutes last night. Wow because of the tired legs, because of the way the game can be played. and You saw periods of that game where Spain had the ball within the middle part of the field. Italy was not going to leave in front of the goal. There was not going to be a goal scored. So obviously when there's jeopardy on the line, you force the issue. When there's deadlines, action happens, right? And so that's why you have the opportunity, some would say, of the penalty kicks at the end of the game. That forces you to do something in the extra time I get your perspective, but it's not the only sport where that happens. You and I both know Tampa probably outplayed the Canadians in game four the other night, and yet the Canadians stole one at home, right? And it can happen in all sports. The problem for Spain is this, Alan, plain and simple. They dominate possession because they cannot defend. They don't want to defend, so they keep the ball, which is a beauty to watch. However, if you get 17 shots, you've got to be more clinical in the final third. They weren't. And it gave Italy, you know, an opportunity to steal one. Is it an awful way in an unfair way at times? Yes, it is. But if you don't have that, then I think you could have games at 300, 400 minutes mm. where teams are yes. just knocking it about and not really going for the goal. And so that's why you've got to have some ending at it.
1: That's the best way to explain it. There's no deadline. Goodness. When there's no deadline, it's almost like <laughs> you would think the motivation is to score. But you're right. Like like no. no, we'll just wait for a mistake and try to capitalize. Which we could be here all night, or maybe even all day. So that's that's the, that's a good way to explain it. But I know you understand what I'm saying. Of course, it is the the American
0: perspective. Absolutely,
1: we did this whole thing, and now because I, I guess your goalie guesses wrong, your keeper guesses wrong on a kick, and uh, here we go, and the game's over. And it's brutal.
3: It's it's awful, too. But it's also, like, the the kick shootout, uh, and, Monica, you can chime in on this. I thought it was a breathtaking experience because of this reason. You saw the Italians do their homework, but you also saw, and this is something we tried to relay in the broadcast, but we're not in control of the pictures. Can you imagine going to the European Cup semifinal, and as a manager – not knowing who your five penalty kick takers mm-hmm. are, Luis Enrique literally took his clipboard and went around to everyone in the group and said, "Who wants to take one?" Oh god! Wow. And the Italian coach Roberto Mancini looked at it and said, "No, no, no. Here's my five. Right. These are this is who's taking it." The goalkeeper did his homework. It's just you you saw two contrasting styles, and I don't find it ironic at all that Italy won because they seemed a little bit more prepared for that moment.
2: Riveting is such a great word, Taylor, because I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so much pressure. And and like basketball, it shouldn't come down to this one thing. Well, here we are. It came down to this one thing in this soccer match, and it's for all the marbles. Now, we've got other semifinal action, though, Taylor. What's the atmosphere in London as England gets ready to play Denmark in the other matchup?
3: Huh, how do I explain this one? Um, let's do Alabama, Georgia mm. for the right to play in the SEC championship game times a million. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the reason why is this. We're coming out of a pandemic. Okay. We've seen what the United States has done with certain sporting events coming out of the pandemic. It's coming home. That Literally everyone in this country is singing it's coming home because for the first time, England – is going to play in a major tournament semifinal after a pandemic at home. It's difficult to describe to you guys what the excitement, also the anxiety. Uh, But this is at a level that I didn't think would be this way. You know, London is still struggling dealing with the coronavirus and certain lockdown measures and whatnot. And yet, when you get on, I'll get on the train today in about three and a half, four hours, that thing's going to be packed. They're going to have 60,000, I bet you fifty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine are going to be English. I will be the only one that is not. And this is going to be something that is going to be interesting. However, for the neutral fan and for the many fans that are back in the United States, Alan and Monica, this Denmark story is a massive story. you got a player that had a heart attack, survived. This team had no points in the first two games, and now here they are in the semifinal. They're playing with house money. They have nothing to lose. And every single time England plays at home at Wembley, They tighten up. They get scared. And so Denmark in the first 15, 20 minutes, if they can weather the storm, the anxiety of that building is going to build. I I still think people are overlooking Denmark, and I wouldn't be shocked if Denmark somehow steals this one.
1: Yeah, it's it's, there. That story, right? That's that storybook kind of team that you're watching right now. And if you're outside of England, you're probably rooting for them because of the story. But in England, this is a game that you would call a catharsis if they can get that win because of everything that we've all been through. We saw it here in the U.S. as well. Crowds back in the building, what it can do. Taylor, always great to catch up with you, my man. Thanks so much. Enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Monica. All right, Taylor Twelman, again, ESPN Soccer Analyst on the Goodyear Hotline. And remember, today, that game he's talking about England, Denmark, 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can watch it on ESPN and, of course, find it on the ESPN App. I mean, it, it is true, Monica. The, the crowd thing is a big part of Huge. sports. And that, as we try, and he did, did his best trying to compare it to in the U.S., <laughs> you know, what it could be like, but we're talking about just millions of people all gripped with one game, and we'll see if this one comes down to penalty It's kicks. a beauty. Hopefully not.
2: Hope That part, not. not like beautiful. What if
1: the NBA Finals came down to Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> you know, making free throws? Oh, my gosh. And would you, would you? The
2: Deer District would not be breathing as a hey, collective.
1: Like I said, the guy is a two-time MVP, but I still got a problem with him, and I will tell you what that
3: problem is (laughs) next.